Our only hope is in my hands. Maggie! Why have you forsaken me? Faith, family, country. Those are the things that matter. You're listening to Lent and Easter at the movies. Hugely experienced film reviewer Father Peter Malone relates his choice of movie to the day's gospel reading. We do this for all the key dates in the seasons of Lent and Easter. We've arrived at the seventh Sunday of Easter and uh, a film I like very much actually, Peter, from 2014, Calvary. Brendan Gleeson as Father James, who is told in the confessional, without giving too much away because this is at the start, by a man who was abused as a child that he would kill him a week later, so he has a week to get his affairs in order. Not so much a who done it, but a who will do it. I suppose asking why done it at such a drastic response, and I suppose our experience of um, clerical sexual abuse in recent years has brought home to us far more how such abuse has affected people in their whole person, in their psyche, their emotions and a desire for some kind of vengeance or restitution or reconciliation, whatever it be. And I think the film worked marvellously on that level and was probably very helpful to a lot of people. The reason for choosing it for this Sunday of Easter is that if you put the three Gospels of the three cycles together, you have the whole of chapter 17 of St John's Gospel, which is often referred to as Jesus' priestly prayer. So that made me think about a priest on screen. And I would suggest, having considered of gods and men for the ascension, I was writing somewhere, I thought that between 2010 and 2015, these were the two best films portraying priests in contemporary and difficult situations. And I suppose what came up after that, 2016, is silence. So in a sense, in more recent years, there have been very striking presentations of priests. One of the interesting things about the priestly prayer is that the priest played by Brendan Gleeson brings priesthood much more realistically to mind. He's a widower, he's a late vocation, his daughter comes to see him, so that we're in a different, less clericalized presentation of a priest. And yet, as you mentioned, the very opening is his work in the confessional and this person coming and threatening to kill him. And the whole thing about Jesus, I suppose, in the priestly prayer, the next chapter of John's Gospel, chapter 18, is his going to Gethsemane. I'm going to kill you, Father. I'm going to kill you because you've done nothing wrong. I'm going to kill you because you're innocent. Not right now, though. I'll give you enough time to put your house in order. Make your peace with God. Sunday week, let's say. I'll meet you down on the beach there. Down by the water there. Killing a priest on a Sunday. That'll be a good one. <laughs> Do you not have anything to say to me, Father? Not right now, no. But I'm sure I'll think of something by Sunday week. And 
And so, in a sense, the priest in Calvary is in a chapter 17 situation, and on the day appointed, he's threatened to be killed on the beach. He will go to his Gethsemane on the beach, and we don't know whether the man will relent and not kill him, or whether he will kill him, and I won't spoil that, because it's a very dramatic thing, the test for the priest and his spirituality. And he does what a lot of people wonder, if you were told you were going to die soon, what would you do? And a lot of people say, I'd go and say my prayers. And Jesus probably says, continue what you're doing. And that's what he does. And he meets a whole lot of people in the parish, doctor who's very hostile, an author who is much more sympathetic, And he does his pastoral ministry with all its complexities, talking to his daughter and her problems. So in a sense, he readies himself in the spirit of that prayer, hoping and trusting in God that the Spirit will come to give him strength. And so, not knowing what will happen, he goes to his Gethsemane. Now, the priestly prayer is composed in the light of the resurrection. And so we can read the Gospels in both ways, the anticipation of suffering and passion and the anticipation of moving through the suffering and death, possible death, into new and risen life, having achieved what God has asked in vocation. So in the spirit of coming to an end of the Easter season and looking forward to Pentecost and the coming of the Spirit, I think many scenes in Calvary speak to us of that spirituality. I'm going to ask a difficult question. Is it all the more poignant, moving, keeping the audience on tenterhooks because the priest, as you say, a late vocation, actually isn't the perpetrator of of the the awful crime? That's true. And in that way he becomes uh, a Christ figure so that he is the victim who has to atone for others, who has to suffer for others. And in that way... The important uh, thing about Jesus is he suffers for us and our wrongdoing, so to speak. But in his suffering, he shares whatever experience we have of suffering, of pain and injustice. And to that extent, yes, you're right. And it's not such a difficult question. The priest definitely is a Jesus figure, the lamb of sacrifice, all that kind of language. But he is also the man who has to atone for the sins of others. Because you know what audiences are like. If there's a baddie and you know he's a baddie, it's not got the same kind of... It doesn't move you so much because you think there's your comeuppance there and then. This is is terribly stressful. Yes, it's just vengeance. This transcends that. That's an interesting word to use as regards Calvary. But in many ways, its themes are transcendent.